Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little and I'm here today with the 31st week of Weekly Poker Hand. And today I'm going to be discussing how to exploit my opponent. This hand is from the 2014 World Series of Poker main event. And I think this is a really good example of what your opponent does not need to be doing and also what you need to be doing. If you actually want information on my uh, webinar where I discussed exploiting my opponents, check out jonathanlittlepoker.com slash exploiting, and you can get information on that. So in this hand, I get pocket sevens under the gun at 300, 600, and I raise to 1,300 out of my 54,000 chip stack. A tight player calls in second position. This player only has 30,000 chips to start the hand, so 50 big blinds. A loose, aggressive German guy calls in the hijack seat. The button calls. And then a player who only plays premium cards re-raises from the small blind to 4,500 out of his 60,000 chip stack. So in this hand, the effective chip stack for me and the the, uh, re-raiser is roughly 54,000 chips. So at this point, the big blind folds, and it gets back around to me with my pocket sevens. I have to call 3,300 more to try to win a pot of around 13,000 at the moment, plus I have around 50,000 chips and implied odds. So that means I'm putting in 3,300 to try to win effectively 60,000 chips or so. So I'm getting about 20 to 1 implied odds. When my opponent makes it this small, especially whenever I know he plays almost entirely premium hands... This is a fantastic spot to call and try to flop a very strong hand. And a very strong hand with pocket sevens is, of course, three of a kind. So I'm going to do just that. I definitely am somewhat concerned that the player who called in second position, the tight player, has a strong hand and may re-raise. But I think that would be a pretty bad play unless the tight player actually has something like exactly pocket aces or pocket kings because the player who re-raises in the small blind is very, very tight. So... You have to expect that that player has a very strong range. So anyways, I call. Sorry, it was 3,200 more, not 3,300 more. Because I made it 13 instead of 12 preflop. And I was the only player who called. So everyone else folded, which is actually somewhat interesting to me. Because I would expect that a lot of the players you get to act would have hands that could easily call a small re-raise, especially in position. Um, So... It's just worth noting that I, I think that a lot of the opponents should be calling with stuff like suited connectors. If they have suited connectors and small pairs, if they have hands like ace-jack, they should definitely fold because those, those hands are very easily dominated. But with any sort of hand that has high implied odds, they should definitely be seeing a flop. So flop comes king-6-2, two, two diamonds. My opponent checks, and I decide to check behind. I really have two options at this point. I could either bet the flop with the intention of betting the turn and the river to try to get my opponent to fold a hand like maybe ace queen or pocket queens jacks tens nines etc or i could just give up and against a player who i think plays only premium cards i don't even think he has hands like ace queen in his pre-flop re-raising range versus an under the gun raise which you have to remember i did raise under the gun um and he probably also doesn't have the medium pairs like eights nines tens and maybe not even jacks So I really do think that I am going to be against mostly a slow-played aces, ace-king, pocket kings, or maybe pocket queens or jacks. 
And against that range, I really don't think I need to bluff. But if I do bluff, I have to bluff three streets, but I think that's going to be burning money against a decent portion of my opponent's range. So I decide to check behind, and I'm just giving up. The turn's a seven of diamonds. So now there are three diamonds on the board. Obviously, I don't have a diamond. <laughs> and uh, my opponent bets 6,000 into the 13,500 chip pot. So now... I am happy about this. I mean, I think my opponent's hand is at worst pocket queens or pocket jacks with a diamond. And at best, he could have a set, of course, but that's somewhat unlikely. Of course, he could also have um, ace king of diamonds for a flush. The flop was king of hearts, six of diamonds, two of diamonds, then seven of diamonds on the turn. He could have that. And if he has that, I'm probably going to just lose a lot of chips. I'm not really trying to get away from my hand in that scenario. I think most likely, though, he has pocket aces or ace king. And against those hands, I'm obviously in fantastic shape. So I have to ask myself now, if I raise, will my tight opponent who only plays premium cards fold a hand like Ace of Clubs, Ace of Spades, or Ace of Spades, King of Heart, King of Clubs, or something like that? So basically just a top pair or an overpair. And I think that most players who only play premium cards simply are not going to fold those hands, especially given that the flop checked through. So I think I need to put in a raise. So he made it 6,000, and I decide to make it 13,000. So a very small raise. A lot of players in my shoes think that they need to make it bigger to try to make their opponents fold or price out their opponents' draws. But really, if another diamond comes on the river, it's going to go check, check, and I'm either going to win or lose. And I'm I'm not going to lose a big pot if he does improve on a diamond river. And if the river is not a diamond, I... I'm going to have the best hand or at least play my hand like I have the best hand every time. So this is a scenario where I'm playing my hands as the effective nuts. And I don't really care if my opponent draws because he's going to be drawing to 20% equity at best most of the time. And that's fine. I mean, he only has to call 6,000 six or how much more is this? <laughs> 7,000 more to try to win 13, 13, 26, to win 32. So He's getting very close to break-even pot odds to call with a draw, so maybe I should have made it a touch bigger, maybe 14000 or 15000 but I'm fine with the small raise. I really just want to make it look like I'm trying to buy the pot or push my opponent around, and I don't want to let my opponent off the hook. I think that's really the main concern. I don't want to make it 24000 and let my opponent fold. So my opponent does go all in, so he puts me all in for 36500 more. And like I said, I am not folding this hand, even though I could easily be beat, right? My opponent could have ace-king of diamonds, maybe ace-queen of diamonds, maybe king-queen of diamonds, maybe pocket kings, but whatever. I think I'm going to be shown aces or ace-king a huge percentage of the time, a huge percentage of the time. So I happily call it off. Uh, Something also worth mentioning is even if my opponent does have a flush, I still have plenty of equity. It's not like it's that big of a deal. Um, I still have all of the outs to fill up. My opponent ended up having ace of hearts, ace of diamonds. He got his money in drawing pretty thin, and we won a gigantic pot in the main events. Um, the player actually in second position had pocket twos, and I think that that player made a pretty big error as well, not calling preflop. Whenever he was getting very good implied odds, I think that that's the spot where he just has to call when facing a small re-raise. Interestingly enough, he would have made a set, and if he made a set on the flop three ways, he probably would have just bet the flop. Aces would have went it all in. I would have folded because I didn't have a set yet. And instead of me doubling up, the player in second position would have doubled up. So I got lucky twice in this hand, really, in that the player in second position did not see a flop. 
And I also got lucky that the player in the small blind did not bet on the flop. This is a very common scenario that comes up where the the guy with pocket aces has a situation where if I do not improve, I'm not going to put any more money in the pot, which means that he might as well just bet on the flop and pick up the pot whenever I the pocket sevens. But if he checks and I happen to improve, now all of a sudden I'm going to stack my opponent. And that's exactly what happened here. He got unlucky to run into a set. However, he let me get that set. And I think that's the spot where you have to recognize, normally you're not trying to make your opponents fold hands that are drawing thin. But if your opponent is not going to be bluffing you too often, which I certainly was not planning on bluffing in this scenario because I thought my opponent had a strong hand, you want your opponent to fold hands that have some number of hidden outs. And you have to realize that my opponent was actually against a bunch of hidden outs. He didn't know which ones he was against, but I could have easily had maybe pocket jacks or worse. And any of those hands, any of those cards could potentially be bad for my opponent if I was willing to put my stack in. So very big mistake by my opponent. And I paid attention to him and I ended up exploiting him nicely and we got a double up. Whereas if I wasn't paying attention, maybe I would not have gotten the double up. Or maybe if my opponent played better and didn't make his errors, I would not have gotten a double up as well. So again, if you want to check out the webinar where I dig deep on how to exploit various opponents, either very tight players, very loose, aggressive players, calling stations, etc., definitely check out my webinar at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash exploiting. Thank you very much for watching, and I will talk to you next week.